All right, and here we are. This is the Working Title Show with Zach Sams, and we are back, and I am excited to be here today. We are going to have a great show, and with me always is Trey in the booth. Trey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening, boss? Oh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy the sun is out. It has been rainy and nasty, and, uh, you know, today today yeah. we it's turned, nah, so hopefully it will dry up. It's a defi- it's definitely a good day in the city today. It is. Yeah, it beautiful is. Beautiful day. It's, it's, I mean, I've had to take a boat to work the last few times, so it's, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're drying out here. But anyways, I'm more excited about having a great show today. We have some great guests. As always, the Working Title Show is brought to us by Kinsley Vanguard National Title. They are our show sponsor and the number one title company in the country and also the largest commercial title agent in the U.S. So if you have title needs, Kinsley Vanguard is your is your spot so uh but i want to i want to get right into the show and and introduce our guests we have some uh very very exciting guests today i have with us romy chima and bill richmond and romy and bill are with platt chima and richmond they're partners there at the law firm and guys just thank you all so much for being on the show with us and coming out to talk to us about the great things that are happening here in the dfw metroplex we have a great economy great real estate market and you know here we are like year what year is this of the recovery year 20 or something nobody's quite sure but we hear it's good and it's still going so thanks for being here guys yeah glad to be here thanks this is round uh, round two i think for me have you been on the show before that's right this is oh my god why wasn't bill on the show last time I was busy doing important things. <laughs> That's your true. rival podcast. Yeah. That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm already worried if I'm getting billed hourly you know, yeah. for having you on this podcast. You are. You'll get an invoice. I was wondering. You were setting a clock <laughs> down there or something. I was wondering what that was about. Exactly. So, yeah, I can't ever get away from these these attorneys and the and the and the and the hours you're billing. But uh, but thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, putting me on the clock. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be thanks here. For having us. So, Bill Romy. Um, the law firm, y'all are y'all are y'all are real estate attorneys, um, but y'all do more than just real estate law. So tell us a little bit about the firm and kind of how y'all's firm works. Sure. Um, so PCR started in, back in 2015, so we'll be celebrating five years up here in a couple of months, and uh, we've evolved a little bit over those years. But at this point, we've got 12, soon to be 14 lawyers, mainly focused on commercial real estate transactions as well as corporate and business litigation. Uh, so Romy was one of the founding partners, a longtime friend. Uh, the three founders, so myself, Romy, and our colleague Judge, were all law school classmates, and nice. we decided after doing our big law thing that we would go out and work for our Ourselves. And about a couple years ago, uh, Romy founded Cantex um, and is now spending most of his time actually being in real estate and doing investment through his company, Cantex, uh, Cantex. which is really, really exciting. So less lawyering, I'm doing more of the law, he's doing less of the law, but still all real estate all the time. That's really exciting. So, uh, and congratulations on the success of y'all's law firm. Um, you know, I've known y'all for a couple years and got to see some of y'all's growth and it's been really exciting. Um, and we'll get to Cantex in a second, but um, guys, tell me, kind of tell me why, you know, is, is everybody hears on the news is, you know, how strong the economy is, especially now that we're in election year. That's all, you know, that's all we're hearing. And, uh, and it's great. But wh- what's, what's continuing to drive the strong real estate economy that, you know, that we're seeing here in Texas, of course, and DFW, but, you know, also around the country in y'all's opinion. Robert, you want to take a stab at that? 
Um, specifically here in DFW, we, we probably talked about this last year as well. Right. It's job to me. It's job growth. It's it has been for the last six, seven, eight years. Sure. We still have one of the best economies here. We have some of the best population growth, but it's all in all, it's driven by job growth. Right. And so, to me, that's the core fundamental is. As long as people are moving here, but they're moving here for jobs, right? Uh, that is important. I don't know what the latest number was, but I think our, our unemployment rate in DFW is 2% or maybe sub 2% at this point. I'm sure people that are out there trying to hire, you know, are seeing what a tight labor market it is, especially for good talent. Sure. And then specifically in real estate, with all of those people, they need places to stay, they need places to buy things. You know, for industrial, they, those places where they buy things need storage. So right. When they order from Amazon, that needs a place to be stored. Um, you know, hotels, people need places to stay when they're visiting. You know, for companies, they need office space. So we're seeing that kind of triple, trickle through uh, into, you know, keeping Dallas-Fort Worth a strong economy. And, it you know, it seems like that's going to be the case. To me, it seems like that's going to be the case for, you know, at least some period of time going forward. At the beginning of this year, I know a lot of people said, hey, election year, right. I'm not sure what 2020 is going to look like. You know, from my perspective, kind of being on the front lines of on the investment side, I don't see anything slowing down. If no, not, I agree. It's maybe heating up, yeah. um, especially with interest rates the way they are. We're seeing interest rates actually decrease. I'm looking back at debt I did in the last two to three years where I was hitting a crazy fixed rate. And now I can fix it for 70, 80 basis points less. And so that that's making things even more interesting. Isn't that crazy? Because we've been saying for how many years now that <laughs> the, the rates are not going to stay right. this low, you know, and Five, it just six years. Keeps, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just what 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 is driving that? Is that all the Fed or is that is there other contributors that keep that's keeping these rates low and continuing to stay that way? I mean, part of it is we're seeing so much new competition that wants to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, especially from a banking side. Mm -hmm. And the only way to be in business is to kind of have the best terms on the block. Right, competition, relationship right? Driven, right? Everybody's giving you the same green paper. Well, to win new business, if I'm a, if I'm a new bank entering a very competitive marketplace of hundreds of banks with longstanding relationships, I kind of have to give you the best deal. Right. Uh, and if that's what is happening, you know, it, a lot of banks want to be here. They want to put, they want to make a presence. Well, you're seeing a lot of banks come out and have to give really aggressive term sheets. And it's honestly fantastic for borrowers like myself. Sure. Uh, it's great for people that are looking to refinance in this market. Maybe not as good for existing banks right. that are here and losing out. I mean, I, I hear this all the time from banks we work with. Hey, this is as good as we can do. And I say, hey, market, here are five term sheets. Market is this. You guys are off. And you're seeing a lot of banks kind of having to readjust to a new norm that's right. constantly changing and get more aggressive. So That's really cool. So um, one, of the, one of the things, that if I could jump in. Yeah, like absolutely. Romy mentioned, and he just mentioned it very quickly, but I think it's critical, is he said the number of people who are moving here are people who are working and looking for jobs or coming here for a job, which creates right. more jobs. When you look at nationally, people will say, well, you know, you've still got states like Florida that are in the top five for growth and population. Right. But when you look at the quality of the uh, dollars contributed, sure, you're going to get right retirees who are coming in, buying homes. Um, 
maybe spending some money, maybe golf memberships, boats, whatever it may be, but that's not on a per capita basis as good as the type of person who is moving to Texas right now, who's moving here because Dell opened a new office or Amazon opened five new facilities or Facebook has a new office where you've got Toyota moving their headquarters here. And those types of of jobs qualitatively make the the kind of fuel that this DFW area is seeing for people buying homes, businesses needing to expand, um, and all of it kind of acts together um, all the same in the same way with the banks. It's really interesting to see the number of new players, uh, actually not just banks, um, in law firms themselves. There's sure. a number of big players who, when they look, they pulled out a map and saw where the people moving, where their clients moving, and where are the dollars. They've seen DFW in the larger Texas market as a big boom. So not only are they having to be competitive on price, which is great for us, but on experience is important. So you may have yeah. banks who have said, well, we have really great service. We have a lot of branches nearby. We have a lot of good people who are here. And mm-hmm. yet, if they can't bring the full package with also very competitive rates, like some of these new players are, then it's it's a lot of, you know, what have you done for me lately? Which, you know, can be unfortunate. You still need to have great relationships. You could have a really great rate and have a terrible staff and a terrible experience. You probably won't go back. Um, but it is a qualitative difference that's all adding up. And that competition is really leading to a lot of activity. Absolutely. And when, I mean, and when you're, you know, even if you do have long uh, standing relationship with banks, but you're working with investors and buying real estate deals, returns are everything, right? Yeah. And so sometimes you have to take that lower rate over a relationship. Yeah. yeah. So, so guys, tell me a little bit, let's, let's drill down a little bit more into the law firm and just kind of tell us what are y'all working on, on the real estate? Like what, are, what are your client? what are, you know, what are your clients, you know, asking for, what is y'all's focus there? Is it litigation mostly, or is it more, you know, you're working up contracts for real estate purchases? Is it all of the above? Like, what are y'all seeing a trend? So we're about 60 to 65% commercial real estate transactions. So it's still, again, as Romy was saying, the market is very hot with a lot of folks coming in from uh, both coasts looking to invest and buy property. You've seen a lot of different activity. Um, and so the firm has is, is seen not just an increase in work from our local clients, but uh, getting great referrals from folks on both coasts were saying we need someone who not only knows the law, but is able to make sure that deals get done. And that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on are being lawyers that are deal focused because any lawyer can come in and tell you all the red flags. But what you need a lawyer who can tell you is how to get, how to dance around the red flags or turn a red flag into a yellow flag to ultimately get a deal done um, and and really achieve the true business objective of a client. So we're, we've are we been having a lot of uh, great success in it being introduced to these out-of-state clients who are looking to get into the Texas real estate market, uh, introduce them in a way that's, that's making their investments, uh, you know, go smoothly on the transactional side. Then about uh, 30% of our work is business litigation. We recently brought on a partner from a big law firm downtown who has been a longtime friend. Uh, he was a partner there and is doing a lot of commercial and intellectual property litigation on the technical side, which has mm-hmm. been great. Um, and I'm also, as head of the business litigation section at the firm, doing a lot of that work. We're uh, representing uh, companies nationwide in federal court litigation on the defense side, um, as well as a lot of real estate litigation. That's actually, if I was going to say on a trend, we're seeing a lot of uh, tenants who have been with kind of the quiet local owner, maybe owns one or two strip centers or one or two buildings not really up on uh, 
uh, bouncing rates up or enforcing the leases getting bought out those landlords are getting bought out new landlords are coming in who are who are saying nope i'm i'm going to enforce the lease or i'm going to move the rates up when i can under the lease or i'm going to do other things that are required and it's causing a lot of litigation and tenant landlord issue on the commercial side um, and then the rest of our practice about 10 percent of our practice is corporate m a so a lot of again influx from other folks who are buying companies or merging of companies is something that we do a lot of um, with our corporate partner. Are y'all seeing more of those M&A type of uh, scenarios happening with the, with the economy that we're seeing? It is. It's not every sector. Um, I, you know, when you talk about just pure growth uh, in almost every state where uh, hemp has become legal or, or uh, you know, cannabinoids or, you know, CBD products have become legal, you're seeing a dramatic spike in businesses that identify as that. Um, but overall, there's a, there's a consolidation that is naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're seeing that. You're seeing a lot of aggregation. I know, uh, Romy, and you can specifically, specifically mm -hmm. talk about about, uh, folks who are kind of gobbling up on the light industrial side mm -hmm. where you're really seeing um, you're seeing some regional players like Cantex but then you've got big boys like Blackstone and Prologis who are uh, really sucking up a lot of property as much as they can so yeah. are you is um, are, are y'all uh, the buzzword I'm hearing on the you know, maybe the light industrial on the industrials last mile industrial are y'all um, why is that such a buzzword right now uh, I always joke it's last mile urban infill these are like the buzzwords and right. so people pretend like they know exactly what it means but nobody really kind of has it that's why I'm asking because I don't know what it is yeah yeah and, you know, you, uh, it's fun to say though yeah oh it's fun to say it's the these are the buzzwords and if you say oh, I've got you know last mile urban infill product it's like oh wow that's something special but what does that really mean some real sexy way to talk about it you ask 10 people you'll get 10 different answers and definitions right. of yeah. those terms but right. the, to me the the urban infill part is if you're close to rooftops is really that's that's the the core of all of the buzzwords is being as close to rooftops as possible you know, in the Amazon Prime era that we're in, mm -hmm. everybody wants everything immediately. Right. You know, it was a two-day delivery. It was a, a week, and then it was two days, and now it's, you want it Two tomorrow. days isn't fast enough. No, two days is not fast enough. And yeah. now it's, yep. I want it, I want it at 8 a.m., and I want it in my hand at 4 p.m., right? And so right. the only way that's going to happen is if that warehouse that's storing the good that you need or want or that you ordered is close enough to you wherever you live, uh, to be able to do so, and that means having warehouses space that's urban infill, last mile, you know, all the buzzwords. Like, to me, they all kind of amalgamate together, but uh, having that warehouse close to lots of rooftops, I yeah. think that's probably the, the easy way to simple. Do you think, like, I could convert my garage into, like, last mile stuff and, like, you know, just do, you know, some small uh, industrial stuff there, you know? I... I I mean, paper towels. <laughs> no, and stuff, no legal you know? opinions because I'm sure the city is going to have a problem with that. I'm but. an unincorporated county. I mean, I've got to be. Go and I've got a metal child. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but when you talk about last, the true last mile, you see the number of entrepreneurs who are jumping up to own their own vehicles, create their own distribution networks, and become contractors of Amazon to be able to get these products out. And and, and really, what you're talking about is just a scaled down version of a quick transport warehouse. I mean, these right. these hubs are getting, as Romy said, closer and closer and closer to the places they actually have to deliver until the robots come and all of it's dropped by drones. So. Right. True. True. That was like that. Really was a joke but at the same time I, you probably could see that kind of happening right where you you know major suburb areas like a flower mound for example that's not really close to any major highways or something like that but there's seventy thousand 
people plus in this huge suburb. So I wonder if we, do we see, you know, some type of concept coming in where they can, you know, kind of keep those e-commerce type of products in a closer proximity yeah, in those areas. What, kind of what you're seeing there is the million square foot Amazon warehouse that's kind of out near Alliance, right. for example. Yeah. What you're seeing now is then they have a 200,000 square foot that's closer and then probably even closer, they have a 50,000 or, or you know something smaller where it can keep that chain going and it's maybe smaller, but it's even closer, right? So you're seeing, yeah. seeing a little bit of that uh, come into play. When you look at the Amazon lockboxes, those are just mini light industrial warehouses, unmanned, mm -hmm. but they, they deliver from a larger warehouse, they put it in the locker, they send you a message, it's stored there, like a lot of light industrial, like a warehouse, and you go and pick it up. I mean, that is... I haven't even heard of that. That's like a it, real thing? There's probably oh. 200 of them in the DFW area. They're at 7-Elevens, they're in like uh, all kinds of like Whole Foods. Yeah. All the Whole Foods have them. So you order yeah. something, yep. they take it there and put it there, and then you go get it when you're ready. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. That is really interesting. It's yeah, very interesting. Other than one thing we actually really like in this in the urban infill is space. We love cold storage. Mm, so yeah. think of refrigerated warehouse space. We're very bullish on that. Because the, the quicker and quicker that you want things, you're gonna also want eventually we we view the retail restaurant space as moving into you know, restaurants being just, you just order it. Right. And when you just order it and it's a commercial kitchen, you've got to store all that that product closer to where those are. Uh, so we're very bullish on on kind of that urban infill cold storage uh, facility. So we actually always look for that. If we can get that, that's like a big check mark for us. And that's, that's what we're looking for. That's interesting. And so is there, are, are the municipalities, are, are they, is this a challenge that's coming up on like, how do we put these type of facilities in some of these areas that aren't used to this type of real estate? Well, a lot of like the, a lot of cities don't like industrial. Right. Because industrial it's not is, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not pretty. It's the, they think of the old, big, old, ugly you know, industrial building, that's the mentality. So a lot of mentality, you know, a lot of municipalities don't want it. Right. But then on the flip side, you're seeing cities that are very aggressively wanting to become hubs. Like Burleson is an example. Their EDC is very aggressive and they want Burleson to be a huge industrial hub and they're right. pushing for it. And they're getting good results accordingly because they're willing and they're open to it. So uh, this this is going to sound kind of far afield, but did you all remember a couple of years ago, and they've now done it every year uh, or for the last two years, is the Makers Wanted Bowl, um, football bowl. So the city of Elk Grove Village, Illinois, which is actually where I was born, is a big industrial area near O'Hare Airport in the mm -hmm. Chicago suburbs. And they have made it a big point of their advertising to attract light industrial and entrepreneurs who are doing manufacturing and light manufacturing jobs. So that's why, you know, they could have just put Elk Grove Village Bowl, you know, but that wouldn't have been as good. They called the Makers Wanted because they're looking for those types of people. So, you know, the equivalent would be Burleson here, um, other parts of Dallas that are having it. And, and really it's, you've got some folks who can say, well, maybe it's ugly, maybe it's not as good, but you become a hub of jobs. Right. And so really the problem isn't industrial per se, it's how you package it, where you put it, being creative about your zoning and really being willing to rethink a city plan that just knows that this is the way that it's going to be. Right. People are going to want to live 
live in areas where they don't have to drive 30 miles to get to a job, um, and they're not going to want to have their frozen foods transported from the nearest cold storage 20 miles away. And right. they'll start to see those prices increase when it comes to delivery as we start to see a separation. We're now in a race to just who can deliver it, it's all free, whatever. Right. Um, but eventually it will get to a place where those who are closer are going to see a benefit, and the cities that don't start to figure out some kind of solution will be left out. That seems like an asset class that's going to change a lot year over year over year Yep, as these kind of things change. Well, that's cool. So let's uh, let's shift over to Cantex, yeah. uh, Romy. And uh, I know what the Tex means, but what's the can? Is that Canada? It's, uh, it is Canada. I'm originally uh, uh, born and raised in Canada, and we were doing com- family was doing commercial real estate in Canada. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of do an homage to my roots in Canada and yeah. so that's kind of, that's where it stems from. And it's funny the more and more, you know, more and more I meet people in commercial real estate in the Dallas area, there are tons of Canadians. There really are. Yeah. That are in commercial real estate and that have, you know, have come down here from Canada and, and, uh, built different companies and, have large asset bases, and so Canadians love Texas. I guess is what I'm what I'm finding. Well, that's 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 really that's interesting, and I've never been to Canada, but I want to go. And Vancouver, right? Is yeah, that where you're Vancouver, from? I hear yeah. that's awesome. It is. It is. Yeah, beautiful coast. You've got mountains. You've got anything you can think of outdoorsy. That's there. We got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. A little a little trip. So. Tell me, so what is Cantex? What are y'all focused on? You know, what are y'all looking for? You know, from the real estate perspective, and what's ex- what's exciting you about the the market? Yeah, so we're heavily focused right now on urban infill, last mile, in, light. The, the stuff we we're just talking about. All of the buzzwords. Yeah. Put them all together. That's what we do. Uh, I mean, we really focus on urban product. So we want to be in Dallas, right. core Dallas. We want to be in GSW, you know, Grand Prairie, Arlington. We want to be in the core of those markets. Right. We want to be in the core Fort Worth markets. Those are kind of our three main areas. We really like Valwood. We'd love to do some stuff in Valwood. Just haven't found a, a transaction that made sense for us yet there. We love the Plano market. Just haven't found anything that made sense for us there. But we've been really heavily focused on kind of those three markets right now. Um, we view what's happening in retail with the shift with restaurants being great and then the service-based aspects of retail being winners there. Mm-hmm. The other parts that are not doing so well that where people are wanting to order their clothing online, for example, what's going to end up being the winner or what our, our viewpoint is, it's the industrial warehouse. It's right. the storage warehouse that's there. Uh, our, our viewpoint is the stuff that we buy is you know half of replacement cost, if not less. Um, and so your ability to go rebuild what we're buying is practically impossible. Right. And even if you do, your lease rate expectations are going to be substantially higher than what ours are. Um, and is that is that from construction costs and those types of things? Cons- Price of land? Absolutely. If land, even availability of land is, if you can even find something that right. fits industrial zoning in the core markets and then having land available... Uh, GSW, for example, that's a great Southwest yeah. uh, industrial region. The last site that's being built there, I, I, it's a big developer. And they're literally building on a landfill. That's how few industrial sites remain in that area. Well, they already took over. The, there was a golf course there that was actually yep. a nice one, and it's <laughs> it's gone. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so we I think we, Caddyshack said that you know the, the worst thing for real estate is golf courses and uh, what uh, cemeteries or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we, we are we're, <laughs> we're 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 bullish on it and and uh, we're acquiring as much as we can. Uh, we also viewed it as a bit of a hedge on the market. You know, wherever we are, we've been in the ninth inning for I don't know how many years. Right. And so, if this year is truly wherever that ninth inning is, and we're kind of at the edge of a slowdown or whatever that looks like, we, nobody really knows. We're all guessing. Right. Um, but it's still like back to what you said. Yeah. Jobs keep coming here, keep and people keep here, moving yeah. here. Then it keeps going, right? That's my viewpoint. And Unless the coronavirus running. kills us all. Right. Yeah. Yep. Bring so, it. <laughs> I know Bill's carrying it. So, but I am. I but, am. I've got a briefcase. It's right inside there. It's yeah. excellent. <laughs> I, I'm I, only, you know, I yeah. used Germex this morning, so I'm I'm, ah, I'm good. I'm not sure about. Dang, <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> so, guys, tell me. Um, so, you mentioned a couple of things there, Romy, where you said like nothing made sense in Plano, nothing made sense in this area. Yeah. So, are those the effects of a good economy where there's a lot of people looking for deals and they're just harder to find yeah there it, there are there's a lot of investor flow out there of of, of people of deal shops looking to right. do deals or private investors looking to do deals we're seeing a lot of foreign capital when i say foreign i mean not texas right so california new york you know wherever else that's not texas you're seeing a lot of capital that wants to be in a core market like dfw and there's only so much product that's available here, and there's a lot of people vying for the same limited number of assets sure. that are on the market. We just haven't found anything in those specific markets that fit our investment criteria. What's the key to finding, um, you know, uh, good opportunities in a market as strong and tight as this is? How do you how do you find the right deal when you know that, you know, everybody that's you know looking at the, for the same things that y'all are are eager and and ready to pull the trigger at any moment what do you how do you how do you navigate through that yeah our our deals are almost all relationship driven right so whether it's a broker relationship uh that's probably number one mm -hmm. um brokers know that if, hey if they work with us on a deal we're going to perform yeah and we're not too difficult to deal with and i don't have a giant committee behind me that i need to go and i can say it's good and then somebody else doesn't and there's somebody on a whim decides they don't want to do it anymore and bill signs off on it Bill's I, I come in there and i say whatever romy says no but yeah. not to, yeah. not to romy will undersell himself about the fact that dfw has always been a city where whether you're from here or you're not whether you're from the united states or not whether you're from real estate or some other industry if you treat people right you're generally going to find other people treat you right back as well and romy is the way that i've seen him conduct himself and the relationships that he's built is how he's able to find these great deals from people in the industry who say i want someone who's going to close when they say they're going to close i want someone who says i don't have a committee to go to i don't have a committee to go to that when i'm making a decision i can move fast and I can get it done and I'm going to treat everyone with respect and I've I've seen it even on the legal side um, some you know the folks who have been the establishment if you will mm -hmm. on uh, real estate and particularly industrial who have treated brokers as second-class citizens yeah, when absolutely. when you really think about it they're the ones who are the boots on the ground the nerve endings of real estate transactions that are getting done and then Romy comes in and he says 
I'm absolutely going to treat these people right. They are excellent. They are great. They are knowledgeable. They're intelligent. And that just feeds on itself in terms of a deal flow for people who say, I don't have to work with people who think I'm not worth their respect and yeah. instead can work with someone who does. Yeah. No, that, that's interesting. And that, I think it's important because, uh, especially in the commercial real estate where it's all network driven, right? Yeah, but uh, so yeah. if, you have a, if you have a reputation of not performing or being hard to work with, that's not going to help your cause very much, right? Absolutely. So I, I, what you're saying is if you build a strong network mm -hmm. of people that are in the business and, you know, have their finger on the pulse, so to speak, yeah. um, and and your reputation is one that uh, you know that you work well with others and in the market and you can perform you get more deal opportunities than than your competition that maybe is not yeah. up to snuff on those I would say if, if there's a for us if there's a deal that's hit the market is being actively marketed and it's been out there for 24 hours it's too late for us it's too late right we're not going to be able to find a value or an edge there because I've got a hundred different people that are going to be you know, looking at that asset and it's going to be competitively priced and it's going to get to a place that is maybe what the fair market value is. We try to focus on assets that are off market, right. that are br brought in through broker relationships. Uh, so the broker's bringing it to you maybe before they've, yes. they've publicly announced it. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. So tell me, uh, what are y'all, is there anything you're excited about that y'all are doing out there? I know the, there's some hospitality y'all mentioned, a hotel in Fort Worth or something. Yeah. Is that something you want to tell us about? Yeah, we are um, working on a hotel project in the near south side of Fort Worth, the medical district. It is a year, year and a half in the making. Um, there, you know, There's a community group there that's been very... Um, involved with us on working on a product and uh, it's going to be a Hilton branded project. Oh, wow. Uh, and it'll be about 140, 150 keys. You know, my goal is it's the destination boutique hotel in Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, uh, demand generator will be driven really by this near Southside area. And then it's the like the jewel of, of Fort Worth right, or something exactly like that. Right. Okay. Yep. That's our, that's our goal. Um, we haven't publicly done any announcement yet, but it'll, we've, we hired a branding company to come up with a name and kind of a whole platform. And so the, the project will be called The Nobleman. Oh, so nice. So it first here on Working Title. Uh, I like that. Very good. One of, the, one of the really interesting things about it is the way um, that it incorporates the local history. There is a fire station number five that the hotel will be built around, which is a historic fire station. It's oh, really? currently actually serving as a distillery for a vodka company. Um, oh, okay. And, and the, will the vodka be there once the hotel is done? <laughs> we, we are actually working to incorporate the vodka distillery as a part of the project. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so right. it's you know Fort Worth has done a uh, I would say a better job than Dallas has in preserving its historical buildings in those types of areas, and so the the folks in the community association were very very uh, interested in seeing how this project and how Cantex would make sure to honor that, um, and ended up you know really coming out with a product and renderings in a final design that's going to honor the history of that area while still letting it move into the next century. So that's interesting. You know, you're hearing a lot about you know hotels coming into the dfw area yeah. and you know i when i you know talking to people in the real estate world and they seem to be they're, they're really into hospitality or they don't want anything to do with it so what's the uh, what's the what's the key to hospitality how does that it seems like it could be a risky investment especially yeah. if you don't know anything if you don't know what you're doing is a risky investment but what what's what's key to to hospitality uh, and i know there's a whole a lot no, of versions yeah. of hospitality yeah. right? right limited service full service right. so 
What, what's your thoughts there? It's like it's definitely the sexiest asset type. Right. Because you've got you typically have a bar, a restaurant, even if it's limited service. Yeah. Uh, you've got you've got a lot of cool factor with you know versus owning an industrial building. A hotel is pretty cool. Right. Uh, comparatively, it can also be very very lucrative. The flip side is you're really you're buying an operating business. Right. I would say it's less real estate than it is it's an operating business and jumping into an operating business, you can also turn cash flow the other way. Right. Uh, and and be in the red. It's not uh, only that the real estate it's on or the real estate it is, is that worth something? It's right. also can you can you make money right operating this hotel? Right. Right. There's a lot and kind of what we are seeing in DFW area, we've effectively in the last three years or so been a net seller. Right. We're just really picky about hotel, but we've we bought a hotel uh, which Bill really was involved in uh, in North Austin, and that was fantastic. Has been fantastic. Um, we're working on this project in Core Fort Worth, and we're working on a project in Core Dallas in the medical district. Um, other than that, you know, our feeling, our thought is, you know, again, not knowing where we are in the market cycle, I think a lot of hotels coming in the pipeline. There's a lot of hotels coming in secondary markets yeah. uh, around DFW. I don't know how they're going to fare. Uh, for us, we think there's maybe too much. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Uh, we'd rather not be betting in that space. So we'd rather be focusing on building really core unique assets right. with multiple demand generators and really stuff that are destination projects. And then we'll let everyone else do the you know limited service, throw up you know four-story wood frame on the side of a highway. You know That's not us. That's not what we want to be doing. Uh, we're not sure where that is, and we our our belief is it's probably overbuilt or it is being overbuilt. Right, and we don't want to be in that bet. Sure, uh, there's probably tons of people that would disagree, and they're actively doing that. Uh, but that's our that's our viewpoint right now for DFW at least from what we're seeing. I've heard that there's like a hotel shortage. Uh, do you agree with that, or is that maybe is that in the full service realm, but not as much in the? You should say full service where. Or yeah, hotels where exactly because right. when right. we talk about because like Frisco's got like five yeah well, you know you, that are supposedly coming when you talk about areas that are very pro hotel like Frisco they are essentially saying if you want to spend your money and build it you, you do it right well, within some little parameters but then you have other areas who are saying no hotels we yep. won't let any hotels be built in our in the city limits and then you get two or three of those together and you have an area that is missing hotels so then it tends to build up around the edges yeah. and Romy knows some more about that but yeah. I also one thing that's really interesting thing is I've seen much more uh, on the real estate transactional litigation side are folks who are coming into asset classes that they've never been a part of um, or folks who have never had any real estate experience but have been very successful in tech or in medicine mm -hmm. and have said well you know now I'm going to get into industrial or now I'm going to buy hotels and some of them fare fine um, and some of them don't they don't know that they don't understand uh, the the licensing agreements with franchises how to get a flag and hold on to it mm -hmm. how to actually run an apartment building how to deal with yeah. ordinances and the more you see that, that spawning deals that end up getting done or maybe need some more help um, or litigation that comes out of it. But, you know, the, the, ho yeah, the hotel true. shortage, it's really geographic um, and even asset type. Interesting. So let me ask you this. So um, somebody that's, you know, in one of those scenarios, let's say never been in the real estate business before they made money elsewhere or they're wanting to kind of get, you know, test the waters of real estate investing in it. What would y'all? What would y'all's advice to be to somebody that says, "Hey, you know what? I've made some money. I want to invest in real estate. 
what would your advice be about going about that? Like, hey, guy, you know, just go buy something, see how it works. Or would yeah. you say, hey, you know, find a good group that knows what they're doing and work with them? Like, what, what are y'all's yeah. thoughts? Yeah, that, that always scares me. I see it all the time. Some, you know, engineer or physician or someone else that has some capital and says, that doesn't look that hard. All these people are doing it. They're making tons of money. I can do it too. Yeah. Um, it's not rocket science. That is true. But if you don't know what you're doing with anything and you're jumping into it with substantial capital, right. it's a good way to lose money. Uh, yeah. uh, or at least not know what you're doing. And you may make mistakes through the process and those mistakes are costly. Right. Uh, you know, to your pocket. Like when I try um, to fix something at home for my wife right. and then I just create <laughs> a bigger problem somebody. and it yeah. costs more money. Yeah, you yeah. should have just hired somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, and for those types of folks that are interested in getting into it, I mean, there's tons of groups yeah. that are out there that you can co-invest in and start getting the reporting, see the underwriting, see what their thesis is, see how they're operating, and maybe use that as a way to learn. Right. Um, I know there's so many ways online to learn about real estate investing. I and it's all so, true. Yeah. I'm like, I am so wary of that. Uh, uh, personally, you, you don't know where you're getting information from. A right. lot of people that are trying to teach you how to real estate invest are really asking for you to invest in what they're doing. Yeah. Or there are people um, who are benefiting from it regardless. Um, you know, you may have someone who says, hey, look, that's a great asset. And, um, you know, let's say you have an, an unfortunately un unscrupulous broker who says, oh, don't worry, it's very easy to run or whatever it may be. You can do it. They're going to make their money and leave yeah. and not be there when you run into operating trouble. Um, I mean, it's like anything. It, it, with enough knowledge and enough control, you turn investing um, you turn gambling into investing. Right. With not enough knowledge and without enough control, you're going to go from investing to gambling. And that's where people who are crossing into different industries that they've never been a part of, or they think, well, I'll just buy this and it'll run itself. Right. Um, or, oh, no, I, I saw that guy. He built a building. I can build a building. Yeah, he's right. a moron. I could do it. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. But they don't, they don't necessarily know that that guy's actually running it into the ground because he's not going to tell them, oh, I'm running it into you the You only ground. hear the good stories. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so, so is that something that the PCR firm and Cantex could help people with? Like, I've got money and I'd like to invest it. Could I call Romy and say, like, hey, I have a million dollars. I want to buy something. Can you help me with that? Or are y'all kind of, or is that not something they all focus on? And in turn, can the PCR, somebody that is doing that, they do need to have a real estate attorney, I would think. Yeah. Right. I mean, I wouldn't because I, you know, I already know what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> no, everything. And I know a guy that made a ton of money. Absolutely. So, I mean, exactly. but, yeah. So is, uh, are those, the type, do, are, do y'all look for, I, mean, I know you're looking for people that want to use y'all for real estate law. Romy, are, do y'all ever work with people? Maybe they own land or they own a property. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And, and they're trying to find best use or those types of uh, are those people y'all want to talk to? Yeah, we, we do actually do a good amount of uh, sale leasebacks mm -hmm. where there's a user or an owner that has a building and is currently a tenant, but is dealing with all the headaches of owning the real right. estate and really wants to focus on running their business. Sure. Uh, so we've done a number of those transactions. We're actually closing one tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and in that exact space where a business owner wanted to free up some capital and but didn't want to leave the building and is going to use that to put back in their company and, and grow sure. uh, the business. And so we really, that's a partnership to yep. us. Uh, and so we love that. Uh, I mean, we do take on outside capital. 
we are very picky. Right. That's probably the opposite of, of some other groups. We are very picky on who, who you work mess with. with. Sure. Uh, my viewpoint is life is short, and I want to know and trust and have a good relationship with everyone I work with. Sure. Including investors. Uh, typically, so investor can around. make your life very hard. Absolutely right. Yeah. They absolutely can. And uh, so we, we have a fantastic investor pool that we work with. Uh, and it's, it's a, you know, Bill's, Bill's one of our, uh, Bill's one of our, he is, he's the guy that's a pain in the ass, but we still love him. I'm right. always any charge, any charges for that. Any charges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on the, on the legal side, um, we, you know, as I mentioned on the commercial real estate, we have worked with, um, anything from publicly traded companies all the way down to people who are looking to invest in deals and, and reviewing, uh, their investment paperwork. Um, you know, we do a lot of commercial lease work for anything from retail centers to downtown office towers, uh, as well as working with a number of banks and even borrowers on doing uh, loan documentation and closing transactions. So a lot of work that is being done in that area. And for folks who are, for example, always happy to open our Rolodex to help you know, someone who's saying, hey, I know I want to sell my property. I'd like to hire you as a lawyer, but I also need you to help me find a good broker to work with or find a great title company like Kensington to work with or find, you know, other resources or just help me find a buyer. Right. Sure. And we can say, hey, we're more than happy to you know, get you with the best broker in your area for your asset type, um, because the more that we can help each other, we're, we're just here to find solutions. Sure. Uh, we're our firm is is built with people who are very business-minded, including Romy as a founder, Judge is one of the founders, Judge Platt of Platt Chima Richmond, and myself and all the other partners that we have. We know that lawyers are tools, not yep. just in that they're kind of boring and crappy sometimes. Unless you're Bill Richmond. Unless you're Bill Richmond. <laughs> right. Um, but really that we, we can serve a function, and our function is to help someone get to the end of their business goal. And right. sometimes that requires a lot of legal, sometimes it requires a little legal, and sometimes it requires no legal whatsoever. It's maybe counsel. Yeah, it may yeah. just be yeah. some counsel, or it may just be... There's nothing to do here. Well, you yeah. could literally pay you're, me you're, and no result well. will change. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, helping people to find solutions, especially in the real estate area is what we love to do. Excellent. So, um, if you, if you, if you own real estate, maybe you occupy it and you want to sell it, but, 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 but stay in that space, Cantex could possibly help. Absolutely. Or if you're in the real estate business and you need legal or counsel, or maybe you're entering it and you're not sure where to go, y'all could help. Yep. Absolutely. PCR could help with that. Yep. Excellent. So how, so Bill, how do we get a hold of PCR firm if we want to inquire about that? What's the, wh where do you direct people? Sure. Uh, the best place to go is our website, which okay. is pcrfirm.com. P is in Paul, C is in Charlie. Ours and Roger firm.com and you'll be able to find our profiles there see the different folks are working in the different areas and get connected and if you're not sure you can reach out to me my contact information is there my email my phone number and be more than happy to connect you with the right person and even if we don't have the right person at our firm I will help you find someone at another firm who can meet your need excellent excellent that's pcrfirm.com and we will link to that on the website and our social media channels and Romy for you how do how do we find Cantex and how do we get a hold of you. Yeah, our uh, our website is a work in progress. Where it's literally about to be completely redone in the next okay. few weeks, but it's a uh, it's cantexcapital.com, uh, c a n t e x capital.com. Uh, okay, uh, it will look very different very shortly. It's pretty plain Jane, um, but there's ways to contact us. Ways to uh, contact, and we'll put yeah. contact up on the website as well. Okay. Guys, thanks for coming on, spending some time with me, telling us about what y'all do and how you're helping folks in the real estate uh, market here in DFW. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. You'll have to come back on another time. All right. 
Well, this has been the Working Title Show with Zach Sams. We will see you next time.